Be transformed. Turn into a better version of yourself, the highest version of yourself. You could be so much stronger than this. You could be better than you are today. You could be the highest version you've never reached. I want you to look in the mirror and challenge that man in the mirror because you can lie to everybody in the world, but you can't lie to that mirror. You are now tuned in to the Decisive Point Podcast, where influence meets intellect, the keys to unlocking your full potential. Here's your host, Jeffrey Delgado. Good morning. Hope all of you are having an amazing day. Happy Friday. And it is another beautiful day here in Northern California. Excited for today. Hope you're excited for Friday. I want to thank you no matter where you are in the world and listening in today. I just want to thank you for joining in and and giving me this short opportunity to speak with you today. And obviously this weekend, I'm really excited too because uh, the 49ers are playing the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs, and I'm hoping for an upset. So hopefully um, that happens. (laughs) So what I wanted to talk about today is probably a topic that I could go into several episodes. I mean, this was probably one of the most important topics of my life. So I wrote down some key points, and the topic is communicating for success. And the reason why this is such a critical topic is because communication to me was one of the biggest fears of my life with no background, nothing that's ever formally trained me on how to speak, nothing that ever showed me in school because I didn't graduate from college, nothing helped me in this area except talking too much. I'll be honest with you, just talking too much and learning how to talk too much became one of the biggest things that helped me in communicating. And so I wanted to give you some tips that definitely impacted my life, and hopefully it'll impact yours. Because every area of my life, it's because of this topic, communicating for success. I'm talking friends, family, business, you name it. I mean, you could just go just to my wife, the ability to communicate to my wife and convince her (laughs) to marry me is a biggest area of my life. I mean, communicating for success, in my opinion, is probably one of the most important topics you'll ever come across. Because if you don't communicate properly, you may not get to the goal or what you're trying to achieve because you just didn't get your point across properly. So I just wrote down a couple of tips. I could give you so many. This could be an actual book. But I just wrote some tips on how to communicate for success. Is that fair? Okay, so number one, talking versus listening. As I was growing up, I was doing much more talking than I was listening. As I got older, listening was much stronger than talking. A couple of key phrases that affected my life. Number one, listen more than you speak. So if you're in a conversation with someone, listen to what they're saying more than you constantly speaking. I don't know where I got this from. It's a quote that stayed in my brain pretty much my whole life. It's whoever is asking the questions is in control of the conversation. Whoever is speaking more and the other person is listening, the one speaking is going to say, man, I had a great conversation with that person. Think about that for a moment. If all the other person does is just talk to you and you're listening and you're engaging and you're like truly engaged in what they're saying, the other person will come out and say, man, that was a great conversation. And you may not have even said much. Think about that for a minute. So talking versus listening became a skill that took me years to understand. 
because I used to truly believe that the best communicators had to talk all the time. So a lot of people will just over talk. They'll just talk and talk and talk. And even though they could be repeating themselves and how many have heard that before? They're constantly looping the same thing over and over again, but they'll still keep on doing it. Or they just want to talk because they're covering up something. Or they just want to talk because it makes them feel more important. They're leading everything in a conversation. So my opinion, number one, is you have to obviously talk in a conversation. But listening more than talking. You cannot be a great communicator if you cannot listen. Let me say that again. You cannot be a great communicator if you cannot listen. It's impossible. So number one, talking versus listening, if you could grab what took me years to establish, listening is more important than talking, I think it could change your life. Number two, truly focus on understanding the other person's point of view and trying to build a connection with this person. If you could listen and understand and engage, the other person will truly know it because of how you're reacting to things. One of the strategies you could use if you've never heard of it is called a feedback loop. A feedback loop is a question that knows you're listening to the other person. So if, for example, someone says something and you say in response in your feedback loop, is what you're saying this? Or did I hear that you just said this? That's a feedback loop. That lets the other person know, I'm really listening. I just want to make sure I heard that correctly. So having feedback loop in your conversation makes a big difference on how the other person feels you are engaged. But trying to truly build a connection, a relationship, and understanding the other person's point of view is critical to successful communication. In sales, you would imagine that I have to meet with clients. And a lot of times people think that when I meet with clients, I'm you know, talking their head off and just trying to get the sale. Buy here, buy here, sign here, sign here. And that's the perception a lot of people get, specifically as salespeople. They get this, you know, you know trying to push something, a, a program down someone's throat or something. And so they're just talking their head off. And that happens a lot, don't get me wrong. But some of the best that I've ever seen are people that it doesn't feel like they're selling them anything because they're just having a conversation. The salesperson, if you will, feels obviously he's trying to offer a product and help them. But because he's so strong in listening to the person's goals, needs, and objectives, and the other person is saying everything they want, all he's doing is answering it and putting programs in place. And it just feels so natural in that way. So you have to truly care about the person you're talking to. You have to truly connect with the person you're talking to. And you have to truly understand the point of view of the other person. Number three, I call it knowing how to read nonverbal communication. Nonverbal communication is how a person moves, how a person is sitting, their body language, their eye contact, their tonality. Areas are not necessarily what they're saying, but it also says a lot. If you could read that, if a person is starting to disengage in your conversation, can you see that? If they're not looking at you and you're talking a lot, but all they're doing is kind of drifting off, maybe you're talking too much. Or maybe you're not noticing that he turned his back in a way where he doesn't want to listen anymore, or he has shut off, or he crossed his arms because now he's being skeptical. Reading nonverbal communication is also a critical piece of understanding communication. Because if you could read that someone's getting skeptical and you could see it, then you could start engaging with questions that could possibly open that up. 
So let's say I'm at an appointment and the, and the customer was open and engaged at first. And then all of a sudden he starts crossing his arms. I may have said something that made him get skeptical. So now I could say, is there any questions based on what I went over so far or anything that you may want to add to what we were talking about earlier? And he may just, bam, well, what I really feel, Jeff, is this. And then now you've opened them back up again. But if you don't read the nonverbal communication, you may not even see the fact that he's already kind of brushed you off or closed off the communication because he didn't like what you said at that point. So it's very critical that you have the ability to read body language. That's why great communicators love in-person. For many of you that, you know, obviously we've been through the last couple of years of virtual meetings and things like that. The reason why you would call old school people like me and people that are brought up, you know, in my generation, we love in-person communication because we know how powerful body language is to communicating properly. We know that with the new technologies and luxuries that we have, communicating and meeting with people a little bit different, you know, with metaverse and meeting people virtually and being on Zoom and webinars, the world has changed that you may not be able to read body language like you can in person when someone's standing and sitting right in front of you. So that's another reason why our generation or younger generations may not appreciate in person as much as other generations, because we know there are certain things you just can't read virtually or in, say, a metaverse. You have to sometimes be face-to-face -to, -face to truly read it. Does that make sense? So body language and what I call nonverbal communications, okay? Number four, you got to be a curious person. You got to be curious as a, as a person that really wants to learn more. I am one of the most curious people. I don't care what the topic is. If someone talks about, say, health, I go, what do you know about that? Tell me about what, what you got from that. Or when they talk about protein, is protein good for your body? Should I have more? Should I have less? Should I go vegan or should I not? Should I have this or should I try that? Should I do cryotherapy? I get bananas on. I go crazy. I, I get fanatical when someone talks about something they enjoy. If someone even talks about a sport they love, they say, oh, I love soccer. Really? What, how long have you been playing it? What do you love most about soccer? Oh, I love this. I love how I I could do this. I love working with the team. That is amazing. You know, whatever it is. I mean, the bottom line is, can you engage and get curious about whatever it is that you hear from another person? Let's say it's a topic you really don't talk about very much. Let's say it's a topic about, I don't know, fruits. And you never talk about fruits all day. You just kind of talk about everything else that you deal with all day. You're working, you got, you know, business and friends and no one ever talks about fruits. And all of a sudden you have a friend that says, oh, I love picking fruits at the market. They go, really, what fruits do you get? And I go, I get this, I get this. What is the best fruit? What should I look for? Oh, you should look for that. Questions that engage the other person to want to tell you more is the secret, in my opinion, of communication. You have to truly want to know what they're talking about. You have to be curious. It doesn't matter what it is. It's not being disingenuine because you're trying to learn something you don't want to learn. That means if you really don't want to learn about something and you're forcing yourself, that's not what I mean. What I mean is if someone talks about something and you're curious, say, I'd like to learn more about that. Tell me about that. And people love to talk about things that they love. Like if you ever talk to a mother who loves having her, you know, loves children and you talk about her kids, they could talk about that all day. Try this one. Go to a table that people love animals. And start asking questions about their dog or their cat or whatever pet they have. And they will talk, for, talk to you forever. 
I mean, you could be, actually have a conversation for hours. I've actually had that with friends before, where the entire table, we talked for an hour about our dogs. For an hour. And the fact that everybody has their dogs, the way you would, the way you would engage everyone is ask them about their dog, and then they'll tell you everything <laughs> that you need to know. So being curious, if someone travels, how was it there? What did, what did you see? I've always wanted to go there. Oh my God, I'm so jealous. I want to do that. Tell me about that. What does it feel like when you get out the plane? Whatever. If you could get curious about everything you hear from another person, trust me, it will engage them and they will tell you everything. And there is this law of reciprocity that if a person talks too much about it, you already asked them a question, they go off on you for like a half an hour, which is possible. There's going to be a point to say, well, tell me about what you like. <laughs> they should do that at some point. They should reciprocate that you asked about them and now they should ask about you. Typically they should. Sometimes they don't, but it's okay. You're not doing it for that reason. You're doing it for the reason to help them feel engaged. Okay. Number five is the ability to empathize with them. Empathize was a tough one for me because I used to mistake it for sympathize. But empathize is putting you in their place, putting yourself in where they're, what they're talking about. So for example, if someone's telling you, yeah, I just lost my job, your response shouldn't be, really? You want to still go out to eat? Or it shouldn't be like, oh, I just lost my job. Wow. What I want to do tomorrow is go here. Like you didn't even pay attention to one thing they said. If someone says, I lost my job, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, what happened? Everything okay? I mean, you have a, is there anything, you have anything in place that you're working on? I'm so sorry to hear that. Is there any way that I can help? If someone says, you know, I, I lost my job and you just kind of ignore it because you're not paying attention, that's not going to be very effective. And a lot of people do that. I'm not saying you do, obviously, but I know a lot of people that they really don't communicate in a way to hear what the other person says. They really communicate so they can get their point across. They're not really listening. They're more of waiting for you to pause so they can tell you what they want to tell you. That's kind of what happens for, with a lot of people. I'm not saying everyone, but a lot of people are not great listeners. And because of that, they only want to tell you their side. They don't even care what you're saying. You don't have to say anything, really. They're not listening anyway. Have you ever had that happen? You ever been in a conversation where a person's not listening at all? You're done talking. They immediately start telling you about their life. And they always relate it to them. What I mean by that is it doesn't always have to be about you. And that's a tough one. A lot of people don't know what I mean by that, but let me give you an example. So let's say you're at, um, you're at a restaurant and you're talking to your friend and the friend says, um, yeah, I just got a new car. And four of your friends bought new cars too. But when your friend you know, at the table says, hey, I just got a new car and you go, oh, my friend's got four cars too. I just got friends. A bunch of my friends had new cars today. Wow. That's not, to me, that's not good communication. That means that the only way you could relate to that person was letting them know you knew someone that had a new car also. Or if someone says, yeah, I bought a new house. Oh, I have friends. I just bought a house too. We're thinking about buying a house. You know where we want to buy our house at? We want to buy it over here. She didn't ask you that. He or she may have just said, we just got a new house. Why can't you just acknowledge that? Where did you get your house at? Congratulations. That's beautiful. What location is it? Did you already guys move in? That's engaging. Not oh, we're looking at a house too. And then you start vomiting on everything that you're going to do. I know so many people who do that all the time. And when you start really listening to conversations, you'll start realizing it happens way more than you'd like it to. It's just unbelievable how that happens all the time. So putting yourself in their place and remembering it's not about you. 
It's not about you. It doesn't have to be about you just because you're there. It doesn't mean you always have to say, well, you know what? I know someone like that too. Oh, my friend's in the army. Oh, I have a brother in the army. You know, oh, my friend works at Google. Oh, I have a friend that works at Google. No one asked you that. If that's your only way to relate, then you're an amateur in communication. I'm sorry to say. Now, have I ever done that before? Absolutely. I've probably done that many times too. But as the years got be- gone on and I got older, I started eliminating that. I think it's the effort of trying to relate so much that that's what your, your brain registered first. Like, you know, they got a new car. Oh, my, who got a new car? Who can I get a new car? Oh, I had a new car too. So it's, I think it's a natural reaction because you're trying to figure out how to relate to that. But all you had to do is listen to what they're saying and just engage in what they're talking about. And I think you'll get on fine on that one. Number six is sense of humor. I'm not really one to joke around, so I'm not the best in this area, but I don't mind being the one people joke about. So the reason why I'm great with a sense of humor is I'm not really worried when people make fun of me. Even when I have conversations with my kids and they try to make me feel like, oh, dad, you're old or this and that. It's cool. I like that because that's how they feel engaged. Some people may get offended or they don't have it. I'm not a person that's like a lot of jokes running around. I don't really have jokes. I have friends who are great at that, but I'm just not that guy. But what I can do is have a great sense of humor. When funny things come my way, I could laugh. I enjoy it. I engage in it. That's great. And that's what I mean by that. Have a sense of humor. You know, don't be so, don't take things personally. I used to be with my kids and I would get attacked by these guys. My, my, my two kids and my wife would just like, oh, you know, it's, it's how do you feel being the oldest in the car or... Oh, you wanted to read from the senior menu, dad. You know, you get all these funny jokes because I'm getting older and I just love it. I go, yeah, but I'm going to get the discount or, you know, I'd find ways uh, to make it more engaging because that's their way to try to engage. And then I let that work for me. And I just, it has a better, has a better flow. If I get mad, don't tell me that. Don't talk to me like I'm getting old. That's not, that's disrespectful. That's just going to ruin the communication flow. Have a sense of humor. Let it go. Right. So number, number six, have a sense of humor. And number seven, this is a big one, is be open to other people's opinion. Now, this is a big one because some people are so opinionated, <laughs> either one side or the other. I'm fully aware of two sides of the world. I'm fully aware of belief systems that people believe one way and the other. But are you open to at least hear both sides? Now, I may have my own viewpoint. I may, may believe in one way as well. But it doesn't mean I have to act like that when I'm talking to other people. It doesn't mean I have to get my point across every time I talk to someone who, have a dis- who has a different viewpoint. If you're in a communication with someone and they're telling you a viewpoint that you don't agree with, I'm not saying you have to agree to everything that they're saying. That's not what I mean. What I'm saying is you can understand their point of view. You can go back and say, that makes sense. I can see why you see that. What I see is this, but I could totally see your side as well. Makes complete sense to me. I think that people could have the ability to see and understand that it makes sense to have both sides. It makes sense to have people that are not going to agree all the time. I think people have an understanding that you should have your own opinion. They should have theirs. If everybody had the same point of view, I don't think that would be very fun either. So you don't have to agree. And I think that's where communication, even in relationships, um, also go through struggles. I think in relationships as well, you could have a much better conversation with your spouse or your significant other or your partner by just listening and understanding what they believe in or their point of view. And then let them know, well, I may not agree, but I, here's my point of view. And that's fine. Some people, they can't seem to get past, I don't agree. You know, and that's fine. If they don't, then you may have to communicate in a way where it doesn't hurt their feelings. Just having a more broader point of view, in my opinion, could be a huge factor 
for communicating with success. It was a huge factor in my life. And if you put a lot of effort on trying to find ways to better communicate with others, I think it'd make an impact on your life. Thank you again for being on today. Look forward to seeing you soon. Have an amazing day. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, show your support by subscribing or leaving a rating and a review. Until next time, this is the Decisive Point Podcast with your host, Jeffrey Delgado.